0: K News. It's 11 o'clock I'm Robert Kemp tonight's headlines. Carrie Lam says there'll be another round of COVID relief for struggling businesses to be unveiled before Christmas. Authorities order COVID-19 tests for people who'd recently been to a typo boarding house and residents of two public housing blocks and the police say anti riot officers are now wearing high resolution cameras on their uniform. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government will ask the Legislative Council to approve another round of anti-epidemic relief funding before Christmas. It will go to businesses hardest hit by social distancing measures. She didn't give further details, but the DAB has already said more relief for businesses isn't enough. It's urging officials to help people who've lost income because they've had to spend time in quarantine after coming into contact with COVID-19 patients. The party also says the government should make sure the funds benefit workers, not just employers. DAB DAB Chairwoman Starry Lee said the government should be prepared to spend billions of dollars from its reserves.
1: Well, we all know that the government emphasized again and again that we have used up a lot of our resources in fighting against the pandemic. I would hope that at least uh, the size will be similar to Mm. the last round. But of course, if the government can able to spare more resources uh, for those, especially for those employees, I would hope that they can increase the amount.
0: Health officials are ordering compulsory COVID-19 tests for anyone who has spent time at Boarding House for domestic helpers in Tai Po in the last month after it was linked to 12 confirmed cases. They say there's no clear record of visitors to the dormitory at Fong Lin Building and are asking anyone who has been there to come forward. Dr. Tran Chukwain of the Centre for Health Protection said there was a risk that the cluster will spread further as helpers go to working family homes.
1: Yeah, we are worried that um, the outbreak of the domestic helpers in Tai Po and the boarding house um, may affect more um, families uh, throughout the territory. That's why we are issuing compulsory um, testing notice. Even though we have a list of um, visitors that uh, we can obtain, but uh, we are not sure that one is comprehensive. And also because um, we're not sure um, how long this transmission has
0: occurred. Health authorities reported 89 local COVID cases today, of which 30 had no clear source. There were nine imported cases. Three more patients have died. A 79-year-old man, a 64-year-old woman and a 77-year-old woman takes the number of deaths to 123. Dr. Chuang also confirmed that residents of two more public housing blocks, Tai Yi House in Kuntong and Ming Lai House in Wang Tai Sin, will be forced to undergo testing. Cases have been f- confirmed at four homes in each building. She said the authorities were concerned about the possibility of environmental contamination in some estates.
1: Because we are so crowded, of course it is a good practice to check the pipes and the sewage system to make sure everything is in order in your place. So we are worried about environmental contamination, which is... Um Not only due to structural pipes and sewage sometimes, for example, in yesterday's case, uh, it may due to some practice. For example, the ventilation fan or the exhaustion fan. That's why we need everybody to be keep vigilant if you are living in a high-rise crowded area and try to uh, avoid possible transmission.
0: Police say that anti-right officers are now wearing high-resolution cameras on their uniform, in part to protect them from what the force says are malicious and false allegations of wrongdoing. Officers told a meeting of the police watchdog, the IPCC, that the cameras had been used since October and would make law enforcement more transparent. Senior Superintendent Stephen Yu told the meeting that there was no way for officers to alter or delete footage that reflects badly on them. He spoke to an interpreter.
2: The colleagues cannot delete um, the, the footage. You can't do it. You simply can't do it. We have all the record on who carried the camera beforehand. We do have all the evidence there. So people cannot keep quiet about it.
0: Sources say under secretaries and political assistants of all government bureau, will take an oath of allegiance tomorrow morning to the Basic Law and to the Special Administrative Region of Hong Kong. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, is expected to be present. Permanent secretaries and departmental heads will follow suit this Friday. Other civil servants will be asked to sign a declaration next month. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is just coming up to five minutes past 11. An Eastern court magistrate has been cleared of allegations that he was biased against anti-government protesters. Chief Magistrate investigated three cases he'd handled and ruled that the complaints against Chang Kyu Hong were unsubstantiated. Maggie Ho reports.
3: In one of the cases, the Eastern Court magistrate sentenced an 81-year-old man to three months and six days in jail for stabbing former lawmaker Leng Kuo-kong with a chisel. After media reports quoted Mr. Cheng as praising the defendant for his love of society, complaints were filed against the magistrate for justifying criminal acts and encouraging violent conduct between people with different political views. But Chief Magistrate Victor So said he went through the transcript of Ms mr chang's remarks and found that he had repeatedly admonished the defendant saying he should not resort to violence because of difference in opinions the chief magistrate said mr chang had not expressed any views that indicates a personal or political inclination or gives rise to a perception of apparent bias in any of the three cases
0: Coroner's court has been shown what appear to be the last messages sent from the iPad of 22-year-old Chao Si-Lok, who suffered fatal injuries in a Cheung car park as police and protesters clashed nearby. Vicky Wong has more.
1: Chao died four days after he was found seriously injured in the early hours of November the 4th last year. Lam Chi-Kung, a police detective, told the inquest that officers had found the password to Chow's iPad on his home desktop. Screen grabs showed messages to two groups on the encrypted app Telegram. About 15 minutes before his apparent fall, Chow wrote to a group called Airplane Men that they had fired up at the car park. A few minutes later, he wrote, Can't see, and I took something down for someone. At about the same time, he sent another group a picture which appeared to show an intersection near the car park. Mr Lamb said officers failed to find the identities of the people in the groups. They had also been unable to get into Chow's iPhone.
0: The inquest continues. A man who was carrying a lighter and several other items has been acquitted of possessing an instrument fit for unlawful purpose and possessing items with intent to destroy or damage property during last year's anti-government protests. Timmy Sung
2: has the story. The quarter that police found 23-year-old Lee Chak Lam carrying a lighter, some plastic straps and paint spray in Simsa Choi on Christmas Eve last year, a night that saw various anti-government protests around the city. At Kowloon City Court, Magistrate Jun Chang accepted the defendant's argument that the lighter was meant as a Christmas gift, noting that it was beautifully wrapped in a box and was valued at around $400. The magistrate added that the prosecution had not provided any evidence to prove that Mr Li was participating in an unauthorized assembly at the time. She also said she could not accept the police's testimony because it contradicted CCTV footage that was played in court. The magistrate said while the officer had claimed that the defendant appeared to be suspicious and was anxiously looking around before his arrest, that was simply not the case, according to the surveillance video. She said Mr Lee lost his balance and fell after being knocked over by the police.
0: Authorities say they have smashed a syndicate that processed $880 million in crime proceeds. They say it's the largest money laundering case so far this year. Here's Natalie Ching.
4: Customs officers say the syndicate involved a remittance company and an offshore firm. Three employees at the remittance company are suspected to have conspired with the offshore firm by deliberately not carrying out due diligence checks on customers over large-sum transactions between May 2018 and April 2019. The three employees and the offshore company's director were arrested for alleged contravention of the organized and serious crimes ordinance as well as money laundering. Mark Wu is the head of the Syndicate Crimes Investigation Bureau. We do not rule out the possibility that the Avesti use this money service operator uh, to buy a large of suspicious money to a different overseas account, for example, property investment company, casino, and other overseas remittance company. The license of the remittance company has been suspended, with its bank's balance of about $16 million frozen. Authorities said investigations are continuing and there could be more arrests.
0: Consumer Council says the number of complaints it's received about online supermarkets has almost doubled as the pandemic pushes more people to shop online. The watchdog said one problem its investigators found was excessive use of packaging, with items often wrapped in layers of plastic. chief executive, Gilly Wong, urged companies to strike a balance.
5: When you pack, you have to make sure the product is in good quality, but on the other hand, the use of space and also the use of the materials for packing, if it is more biodegradable, uh, more easy um, for the environment, you know, to, to uh, digest it, um, there will be a much better uh, balance when we can uh, offer the enjoyment of online shopping and also protecting the environment as well.
0: council said it also found evidence of poor delivery services and substandard products from online supermarkets. It also reported more than 4,000 complaints about low-quality face masks. And customs officers have arrested the owner of a houseware retailer after some surgical masks sold at his shops were found to contain exceedingly high levels of bacteria. Francis Sitt has the story.
5: Customs officers said the material count of the face masks under the brand Powercom and imported from the mainland exceeded the maximum permitted limit by about 22 times. The masks were packed in bags of 10 and sold for $90 at shops in North Point, Cheongkwan-o and Chunwan. This came as the Consumer Council said the number of complaints it received about masks skyrocketed to more than 4,000 this year during the coronavirus pandemic. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong, said people should look for products that are properly packed and labelled. If you sense any problems with the mask, for example, if it is really decolored, smells or broken easily, then probably that may not be a very good model for you to continue to use. The watchdog has also carried out its own test on 30 models of masks and found that almost all of them provided basic protection during daily use, except one brand called Perfetta, which is made in Vietnam. Tests carried out by the council showed the particle filtration efficiency of the mask under this brand was only 86%. That's lower than acceptable standards.
0: Police Commissioner Chris Tang says he believes the worst is over with regard to the anti-government protests and that the national security law had created a safe environment. Speaking on TVB program, Mr Tang said the law had not stifled dissenting voices and that the force would again allow protests once the pandemic was over.
2: Actually, we are resuming the rule of law. Anyone contraven the law, and then we have to enforce the law. As simple as that. I'm sure in some days when the pandemic over, uh, there will be protests, and we will allow them because you know, according to a public order ordinance, we will issue no objection letter if we our assessment indicated that there's no public order, there's no uh, national security a- 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 concern. Of course, you know they can um, conduct those uh, uh, activities. But as I said. I, I would believe, uh, and I hope all those uh, you know protests will be uh, conducted in a rather peaceful manner.
0: The European Medicines Agency has brought forward the date when it will meet to consider approving a German-developed vaccine for use in the European Union. Several other countries have already started mass vaccination programmes using the Pfizer-Biontech vaccine. The German health minister Jens Spahn said he wanted approval before Christmas. BBC's Jenny Hill has more.
1: Jan Spahn was speaking as impatience grows here that this German developed vaccine is being rolled out in other countries but not yet here in Germany and um, we're told that hundreds of vaccination centres are now up staffed and, and ready to go but of course they're just waiting on that final bit of approval and um, Mr Spahn was speaking in a press conference he did say that the expectation within Germany is now that they might be able to start rolling out vaccinations before the end of the year he's also said that they hope to get 60 percent of the population vaccinated by the summer. So they've got this big program all planned, but they're just waiting on, on the final go-ahead.
0: The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has described a reported ban by China on coal imports from his country as a lose-lose situation. Call the ban, as reported by state-run Global Times newspaper, Media Speculation. Australia's Trade Minister Simon Birmingham did say such a ban could breach international trading rules.
2: Our government is very, very concerned that these reports in Chinese state-owned media, About alleged meetings of largely Chinese state owned companies uh, suggesting that they would in some way boycott and discriminate against Australian product going into China could constitute a breach of China's commitments uh, to the globe.
0: The mainland's factory output grew at the fastest pace in 20 months in November as a revival in consumer spending helped lift demand for manufactured goods. According to official data, industrial output growth quickened to 7% last month from a year earlier. Retail sales also saw a year-on-year rise of 5% last month, despite slightly missing analyst forecasts. fu a spokesman for the National Bureau of Statistics, says economic growth in the current quarter is likely to continue and be faster than the third quarter, and the mainland is on track to become the only major economy in the world that can achieve positive growth this year mainland detergent maker Blue Moon Group says its initial public offering here in Hong Kong tomorrow has been more than 300 times oversubscribed. It says more than 450,000 retail investors placed orders for the 747 million shares on offer at $13.16 each. That means the company is set to raise over $9.5 billion in the listing. And it's said the value of the stock is already up about 14% on the grey market ahead of its debut. From of our top stories tonight, Carrie Lam says there'll be another round of COVID relief for struggling businesses to be unveiled before Christmas. Authorities order COVID-19 tests for people who'd recently been to a Typo boarding house and residents of two public housing blocks. And the police say anti-riot officers are now wearing high-resolution cameras on the uniform. The news from RTHK.
1: RTHK,
0: It's time now to get stories covered in this evening's Newswrap programme. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government will ask LegCo to approve another round of anti-epidemic relief funds before Christmas, aimed at businesses hardest hit by social distancing measures. She didn't say how much it'll involve and who will benefit, but said more details would come when documents are submitted to LegCo by Christmas Day. Anna-Marie Evans asked Simon Wong, the President of the Federation of Restaurants, if the further round of relief funds... Come as a surprise.
6: Well, we actually expect the government would roll out the anti-epidemic fund uh, shortly before uh, Christmas time, and uh, this is very critical for well those industries that heavily uh, uh, affected by uh, the measure. So we we are actually looking forward uh, to the announcement shortly.
7: How much money do you feel that the sector needs from the government?
6: Well, at least uh, the government should adopt the third round uh, of the relief fund um, as a reference. Uh, In addition to that, um, the government, I think, should also consider rolling out the the third round of the employment support scheme. And uh, this is uh, also very important to... To you know, help uh, the employers uh, to uh, pay salaries to the to the staff. Uh, otherwise, I'm afraid that, well, uh, with the uh, poor situation uh, nowadays, um, a lot of restaurants cannot sustain their business.
7: Yes, the third round was or the last round of relief funds was 24 billion dollars. So, is that enough?
6: Well, 24 billion. I don't think this is a very big amount of uh, if it's mainly for uh, the uh, seriously affected industries because the government at this time I don't know if the CG is willing to roll out the as I say the uh, employment support scheme and um, adding this scheme to the 4.0 uh, relief fund I think the amount should be more. For example, if what we are uh, calculating and hoping that the government would, you know, support us, the total amount might be uh, a little bit more than uh, 30 billion. Then that should be enough uh, for the time being.
7: So that would compensate for the loss of business during the holiday season due to the social distancing measures?
6: That's right. With this uh, very strict uh, social distancing measures, I see. I think that um, a lot of restaurants uh, have uh, their business dropped very much. And some uh, even have to temporarily close down their business because uh, they simply cannot afford uh, to pay the staff. They, you know, um, they would rather just pay the rent to the landlord. But then if the government do not uh, give out the relief fund Uh, very shortly, then they are are, uh, still in a very difficult time. And uh, they may not have enough uh, cash flow, for example, to pay for the rent and uh, pay for the salary.
7: And, of course, February, you know, you're going to have uh, the Lunar New Year where shops and restaurants usually shut around that time. So uh, do you feel that this fourth round will help ahead of that?
6: Well, I think this fourth round of uh, relief fund can only sustain uh, the business for perhaps uh, two months time and well but afterwards what are we going to do if um, uh, the uh, uh, pandemic uh, is still going on and if we don't have the vaccine at that time what are we going to do we have to rely on uh, the government uh, to help us on, you know, in terms of uh, recovery of the economy and also helping us at this uh, difficult
0: time. BBC News has seen information which suggests that hundreds of thousands of people from ethnic minorities, including the Uyghur community, are being forced by mainland authorities to pick cotton in the far western region of Xinjiang. The mainland government says claims of forced labour are entirely fabricated. BBC's John Sudworth has this report from Xinjiang, a region where foreign journalists are closely monitored.
7: The documents show the scale in which Xinjiang's minorities have in recent years been marshalled into the fields. 150,000 pickers sent to one area, almost a quarter of a million needed in another. They also show the level of control they're under. Workers are transported in groups, Accompanied by officials who eat, live, study, and work with them, and provide thought education during the picking.
6: One day, my family will disappear from this world. Mahmut,
7: not I, his real name, left Xinjiang three yeah, years like, ago, but his family still lives there.
6: My mom told me, like, even in December last 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 year, she's picking the cotton for the government officers, and no one can refuse.
7: Dr. Adrian Zenz, the researcher who unearthed the documents and who's a senior fellow at the US-based Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, believes they have major implications for the global fashion industry.
2: I think it's it's an absolute game changer. Now, for the first time, we have comprehensive evidence of a government-wide, Xinjiang region-wide scheme of coercion for picking
7: cotton in a statement china said all work in xinjiang was on the basis of free will adding the smiling faces of xinjiang's ethnic groups are the most powerful response to america's lies and rumors
0: south korea has banned activists from using balloons to send propaganda into north korea for years huge helium filled balloons several meters long have been used to carry leaflets across the border criticizing the regime in pyongyang MPs passed the ban despite fierce criticism that South Korea is sacrificing free speech as the BBC's Michael Bristol reports
8: these leaflets have been sent over the border to North Korea from South Korea for, for decades now and a couple of years ago Moon Jae-in um, the president of South Korea he promised his counterpart in the north Kim Jong-un that he would stop this activity finally that's what happened um, a law's been pushed through the South Korean parliament And among the things it bans is leaflets going north, but also, importantly, lots of other things such as information on computer sticks, um, goods, people used to send small radios, instant noodles, even choco pies, little chocolate biscuits, um, which were very popular in North Korea, apparently, all kinds of things used to be sent north. All of those things have now uh, been banned in the name of improving relations with North Korea. South Korea is an open, uh, democratic society in which people feel they ought to be able to do what they want to do. And telling North Koreans about the kind of regime they live under is one of the things they think they think they ought to be allowed to do. Um, so there's a free speech argument. Also, the South Korean government has been criticised by human rights groups and uh, people inside uh, South Korea. Because it's pandering, they say, to the North Korean government. This is an authoritarian regime which treats its population very, very badly indeed. And Moon Jae-in, in in trying to acquiesce to North Korean demands to stop these leaflet campaigns, is essentially just playing along with a, a government it ought not to be bowing down to.
0: When the Philippine journalist Maria Ressa originally set up her news website, Rappler, back in 2012, she might not have perhaps imagined where she would be now, facing eight arrest warrants over stories she has published exposing alleged corruption and official incompetence. In fact, she's just been in court today on a new libel charge. She was originally found guilty in June of cyber libel, and she's now appealing against that verdict. But she's in court again over another charge. She speaks to the BBC's Carly Sharp.
9: So this is similar to to the cyber libel case. Look, I have nine arrest warrants. In order to stay free, I had to post bail nine times. And I have done nothing but be a journalist, right? Uh, The first cyber libel verdict, which you did carry June 15th, I was convicted along with a former colleague, uh, for a story that was published in 2012 that I didn't write, edit, or supervise for a law that didn't even exist, that did not exist in 2012 when it was published. So that was pretty Kafkaesque. Uh, and this case is was filed by the same businessman, Um, it went through a hearing at the prosecutors. The prosecutor heard it and has decided to file the case in court, a criminal case. That's why I got my ninth arrest warrant. Uh, and Mm -hmm. essentially this is because I tweeted a screenshot of a newspaper article about this same businessman. So, you know, these are all new, very, very broad powers that really, in the end, send a chilling effect to anyone. Because imagine now, how many people tweet stories in this particular one? Um, how many have tweeted the same story? Many.
1: Uh, the, the government, though, they, they've dismissed Rappler. Uh, they accuse Rappler of peddling fake news. And, th- and this is what you are
9: facing. Um, your response to that? I think what the government calls fake news is whatever it doesn't like. Uh, And we've seen this pattern in, in many countries around the world, right? It doesn't help that social media, which is the world's largest distributor of news, Facebook, actually prioritizes the spread and reach of lies laced with anger and hate. The same platforms that are used to spread the lies are the same ones attacking journalists. This helps governments then use that phrase fake news right so yeah. accountability journalism must survive
1: sure but Maria we, do, we don't we do have a right of reply from Facebook so that is uh, you know you, it's an allegation against them I just wanted to say you've got international support you also enjoy the support of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights uh, who says there's a pattern of intimidation uh, of media in the Philippines uh, you know this will agitate the government further though you are doing this at considerable risk is it worth it
9: yeah, absolutely. It's worth it because not doing this means I'm voluntarily giving up my rights as a citizen. And the, the you know, the Philippines is like the U.S. Constitution. Our Constitution is patterned after the U.S., which has a Bill of Rights, which enshrines freedom of the press. So I've never, by next year, I'll have been a journalist for 35 years. And, you know, this is the time that matters. So, of course, I will demand that the governments stick. To the Constitution. I think that's a basic thing, right?
0: The number of coronavirus fatalities in the United States has surpassed 300,000 as the country begins its mass vaccination campaign. The authorities hope to vaccinate 100 million people by April. Sandra Lindsay, an intensive care nurse in New York, got her jab on camera in an effort to help boost public confidence in the vaccine. She said she hoped this was the beginning of the end of a long, painful period. More from that from the BBC's Nick Bryant.
10: This was a made-for-television moment staged in New York, the city that for months became the epicentre of this viral onslaught. The first recipient was a health worker on the COVID front line, Sandra Lindsay, an intensive care nurse at a medical centre in Queens.
1: I feel hopeful today, relieved I feel like healing is coming. I hope this marks the beginning to the end of a very painful time in our history.
10: There were twin emotions of rejoicing and relief. At this medical facility alone, they've treated more than 100,000 COVID patients. And it was watched remotely by New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, who's been so prominent in America's coronavirus response.
3: This vaccine is exciting
2: because uh, I believe this is the weapon that will end the war. Uh,
6: It's the beginning of the last chapter of the book. Uh, But now we just have to do it. Vaccine doesn't work if it's in the vial, right?
8: There we go.
10: The nationwide rollout is already underway. The most ambitious vaccination program in the history of America. Here we go. The aim is to administer some 20 million doses by the end of the year and some 100 million doses by the end of February. The vaccine is a shot in the arm for the US economy, and they were punching the air when the New York Stock Exchange opened for trading. And just minutes after that first vaccine in New York came this tweet from the outgoing President Donald Trump. Congratulations, USA, he wrote. Congratulations, world. This precious cargo is now being delivered to all 50 states and it can't come soon enough. America has just passed another awful milestone of 300,000 coronavirus deaths.
0: Those stories are part of the News Wrap programme which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening.
8: I will help fight the virus. I will protect Hong Kong. The government has launched the Leave Home Safe mobile app for everyone to download and keep visit records. Use the app to scan QR codes of venues taking part press the leave button when you leave visit records will only be kept in your phone if you went somewhere visited by a confirmed patient around the same time the app will automatically alert you and give health advice use the app together feel at ease when going out let's fight the virus scan with leave home safe radio 3 weather
7: oh look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. Mainly cloudy, rather cool tomorrow morning, with minimum temperature of around 13 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. Dry with sunny intervals during the day, maximum temperature should be around 17 degrees Celsius with winds that are moderate north to northeasterly and occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook... Still rather cool in the mornings and the following few days, mainly fine early next week, with the temperature difference between day and night being relatively large. Currently, the air quality health index here in Hong Kong is low, with readings of two and three. At the observatory, air temperature is 15 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity stands at 70%.
8: The days I told myself my life would be my own, and I leave the place the sunshine never shone. for my life's too short for waiting, when I see the rising sun. See the rising, see the rising so oh, again then I must carry on Carry on till tomorrow There's no
7: reason to love
8: Shots for waiting when I see the setting sun.